Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, so that you may be able to withstand on that evil day, and having done everything, to stand firm. And now, battle ready with Father Dan Rehill. Good day. Welcome to Battle Ready. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Most sacred heart of Jesus, truly present in the Holy Eucharist, I consecrate my body and soul to be entirely one with your heart, being sac sacrificed at every instant on all the altars of the world and giving praise to the Father, pleading for the coming of his kingdom. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Uh, we are now in June. Uh, we have left May. May is the month of Mary. June is the month of the Sacred Heart of Jesus. And that prayer was uh, given to uh, a nun who had an apparition of Our Lady in Japan, in Akita. And uh, it's interesting because when the prayer was given, when Sister Sasagawa got the word, uh, part of that prayer was Jesus present in the Eucharist. And the angel who was uh, appearing with the Blessed Mother uh, corrected sis the sister and said, uh, no, when you pray this, you're to say truly present. From now on, you will add truly to this prayer. So that uh, apparently is very important to all of heaven, that when we pray this prayer, we say, most sacred heart of Jesus, truly present in the Holy Eucharist. Uh, it's an interesting apparition. It's fully approved by the church. If you don't know about it, uh, maybe we can dip into it at some point, uh, maybe even a little today. But uh, to have a devotion to the Sacred Heart and to make reparation to the Sacred Heart uh, on the first <clears throat> Fridays of, of the month, um, there were promises made. And these are the promises that Jesus promised uh, as given to St. Margaret Mary Ellicoke. First, I will give them all the graces necessary for their state of life. I will establish peace in their families. This is one that so many people tell me their families are having such difficulties. Well, this devotion, Jesus promised he'll bring peace to your family. Uh, I will console them in all their troubles. They shall find in my heart an assured refuge during life, and especially at the hour of their death. I will pour abundant blessings on all their undertakings. Sinners shall find in my heart the source of an infinite ocean of mercy. Tepid souls shall become fervent. Fervent souls shall speedily rise to great perfection. And I will bless the homes where the image of my heart shall be exposed and honored. I have a sacred heart image uh, hanging in my bedroom. It even has a spotlight on it. Uh, and it's the first image I wake up to in the morning and say good morning to. So I do follow um, the protocol listed here. I will give to priests the power of touching the most hardened hearts. I've seen this in my priesthood, uh, that people who you could not imagine could find their way to the confessional miraculously do after, say, 40, 50. I had one person 72 years since their last confession. Can you imagine 72? Some people don't make it to 72 years. This person had not received the sacrament in 72 years. Those who propagate this devotion shall have their names written in my heart, never to be effaced. I know that my name is written on the sacred heart of Jesus because I do, pro I do promote this devotion. And you can too. Go and get somebody and bring them to Mass this Friday because it's First Friday. 
and uh, and tell them about this devotion. And you'll then be propagating it as well, and your name will be written on the heart of Jesus. And finally, the all-powerful love of my heart will grant to all those who shall receive communion on the first Friday of nine consecutive months the grace of final repentance. They shall not die under my displeasure or without receiving their sacraments. My heart shall be their assured refuge at that last hour. This is a fascinating uh, promise because he's saying you'll have uh, the final sacraments before you die. Now, think of all those people who were locked away in uh, nursing homes during COVID that died without the sacraments. It would be interesting to to know uh, the ones that miraculously did receive the sacraments before they died. And I know there were some that did. There's a very uh, interesting story that was published in Medjugorje magazine probably 20 years ago. It's been a while, but uh, it fascinated me to no end because there was a gentleman living in um, the middle of the country up in the north, maybe in North Dakota, somewhere very cold and snowy. And this father had a great devotion to the first Fridays to, uh, in a reparation to the Sacred Heart. And he just went every first Friday of the month to Mass for years, you know, probably his whole adult life. There could be a blizzard raging, and he would get out there in his car and make his way to the church in the blizzard, and his kids would go, what are you doing? It's so dangerous, you shouldn't go outside. And he said, God will protect me. I'm going to First Friday Mass. So he he, he had this devotion, and his family knew he had this devotion because they really um, got on him when the weather was very uh, difficult or inclement. Well, one day he was in a car accident, and he died at the scene. And uh, when the children heard this, they were so angry. And they cursed God and said, he went to all those stupid First Friday Masses, and then you let him die in the car wreck. Uh, and they stopped going to church. They made a decision that day, we're never going back to church. It's all a bunch of lies. About 10 days later, a knock came to the door of the family. And uh, it was a priest. And he asked who, if they were the right family. Did your dad just die in a car wreck? Yes, he did. Well, I need to tell you something. I, uh, I had a little bit of trouble tracking you down. Uh, this is why it's taken me 10 days. But I was at the scene of the, of the accident. I was uh, at a red light and watched the whole thing and was able to run over to the car and minister uh, the final sacraments to your father. Well, the children burst into tears. They couldn't believe it, that the promise of the Sacred Heart held true for their father. And so, of course, they came back to church and repented, and tell, And they were telling people the story. They had the story published because they wanted people to know it's really true. God lives up to his promises. So that should give us uh, a great feeling of comfort and joy for those who uh, love the Sacred Heart. Now, we, we're living in a strange time. Um, there's so much indifference in the world, and this is the thing that pains Jesus' heart apparently the most, according to St. Faustina, it, is the indifference and the lukewarmness in hearts. And uh, if you go back to 1990, there was a very, very large study done uh, about uh, people's um, how they feel about 
just the general population that they live with. And the study found that this truly in 1990, uh, Americans between the ages of 18 and 30 uh, are, it's a truly an age of indifference. And that would have been my, my group in 1990. I was 25, right smack dab in the middle of that survey, 18 to 30 year olds. They said this generation, they don't really read newspapers. They don't like watching the news. That was true for me too. Uh, where the generation before me and the one before that were very uh, much in tune with uh, the newspaper and the evening news. That was a big thing in the in the home. And that this generation, which is my generation, and perhaps the ones after it, I would say, uh, they they're just completely disinterested in the the life and people around them overall as a as a generation compared to the generations that went before them and you know this is interesting because with this generation we live in right now 2022 we're seeing this again and we just celebrated memorial day when we honor all those who gave their lives in a battle for this country um they laid down their lives so we could have freedom freedom isn't free I don't know if you've noticed, freedom is not free. And uh, thank God we still have this day where we honor our fallen heroes that uh, died in battle. And we recognize that uh, their courage and their bravery to do such a thing. Um, you know, there's a story that I preached about on Monday about uh, back in uh, Iraq, in Ramadi, there was uh, three Navy SEALs who were on the roof of a home, and uh, someone lobbed a grenade up there. And the petty officer, second class Michael Mansour, was the closest to it. He was actually the only one who had a clear path to escape, uh, and he didn't escape. He dove on top of the grenade and saved the lives of the other men. In fact, all the other men on that roof uh, only had scratches, not even uh, minor injuries. And 25 minutes later, he died from his injuries. Well, you know, when we think this is a stunningly self-sacrificial act, he received the Medal of Honor uh, posthumously. And uh, in, in the official Navy summary of his action, it says Mansour's actions that day could not have been more selfless or clearly intentional. Well, somebody else, and you know, the men who survived, imagine them. They'll never forget Michael Mansour. Every day they live, it's because he died. They'll never forget Michael Mansour because of his selfless, heroic, and clearly intentional actions of that Navy SEAL. But, you know, somebody else could not have been more selfless or clearly intentional in his actions. That was Jesus Christ. And he died so you could have eternal life, not just life on earth, which is what Michael Mansour did, which is uh, truly the greatest gift he could give, but this is eternal life. And yet think about how many people don't care that they were saved by Jesus Christ, that he died for them. They don't care. They're indifferent. They're lukewarm. This is the problem. This is the problem right now in the world. Uh, you could, you could look around 
and uh, this indifference that we see, it's really a social disease. It's a social disease. And there's so many things. If you had to ask somebody on the street, what's the, what's the worst thing that's happening right now in the world? Well, my goodness, you could answer so many different ways. Uh, what, what is wrong in the world? Well, they could, some might say the abortion. Some might say um, the war is happening. Some might say the diseases, the scourges, the, the uh, trafficking in children. There's so many things that you could say. But when you come right down to it, uh, the, that's just symptoms. Those are symptoms of the bigger problem. And the bigger problem is that hearts have turned cold towards God. And when you turn cold towards God, you absolutely will turn cold towards your fellow human beings. That's just the way it is. And that's what we're seeing. Um, let me tell you what Faustina said in her diary. Uh, actually, Jesus to Faustina in her diary. It's paragraph 1682. There are souls who thwart my efforts. And these souls are not simply a people living in the world, but also of those chosen souls of consecrated people and priests that for some way or another, they lack real love for Jesus. And then in paragraph 1702, he says, souls without love or devotion, souls full of egoism and selfishness, proud and arrogant souls full of deceit and hypocrisy, lukewarm souls who have just enough warmth to keep themselves alive. My heart cannot bear this. All the graces that I pour out upon them uh, flow off them as off the face of a rock. I cannot stand them because they are neither good nor bad. Wow, that's harsh words. Uh, this is the problem. It's the indifference towards God and then as a result, the indifference towards man. Uh, now, I don't, I don't know what happened at that Texas shooting. Uh, I, I wasn't there. Uh, I just... I see on the news, and I, I don't know what to make of it, to be honest. But most recently, just yesterday, the uh, Uvalde police and school district are no longer cooperating with the Texas probe into the shooting. That, to me, is alarming. When the police are no longer cooperating in the investigation, that's a big problem for me. Now, I don't know why those police officers did not go in to save the children and waited uh, maybe there was a breakdown of command and nobody knew who was in charge. I don't know. But what what happened clearly seems to be a problem. I don't know if it was indifference. I don't know if it was fear. But you would think that if we're – I know for the firemen, because I was raised in a fireman. By, my dad was a fireman chief. But the firemen, they run to go to the fires and they run into the fires. That's their job, and they do it. And the fire is always potentially deadly, but they know, they're trained to do it. And I don't know why the cops uh, – that the, the, something happened that broke down the protocol there because they didn't – they knew people were shot, and they weren't helping them to get, uh, to, to get attention to their deadly injuries. So we need to pray for not, – not just for these individual incidences, but for hearts – to be set 
ablaze by the Holy Spirit because it's this lukewarm indifference of people. And we see it, you know, it's not just this one time. All these stories you've been seeing on the news of these these cities where there's a breakdown in uh, leadership and we see the crime going through the roof. You know, Chicago, I think they have at least one death murder by uh, a day just at, in that little in that one city. We see people being beaten on subways, left for dead, and nobody steps in. We see people being pushed onto subway tracks as the train is rolling in. Nobody steps in. Uh, I, I know one lady who was speaking about a friend of hers in New York City who is a professional. She was heading to work and attacked by a homeless man who was like trying to beat her to death. And she escaped and then went to the corner where there was a policeman and reported it to the policeman. Nothing happened. They didn't arrest him. Like that's a, there's an indifference, you know, you, we have to be standing up for our fellow man and caring for them, just caring for people. Um, I'm very blessed that where I live, people are genuinely kind and caring. The Tennessee is just that way, particularly down here in Columbia. And this just very wonderful people. My neighbor across the street, he's he's like 86 years old. And usually when I'm at work, when the garbage man comes, he takes my garbage, this 86 year old man wheels my garbage pail back to my uh, garage every week because he just, he's, a very, he's just so kind. It, it, it amazes me. And I keep telling him, you know, I'm, I, you should let me take your garbage pail back. Just leave it out. I'll get it when I get home. He doesn't do, he doesn't listen to me. Uh, these are the kind of people we have. And that's the kind of people we should be people that are caring for other people, looking out for them. Um, so this is the real problem. And what's the solution? We have to be praying more. I, I know people don't like to hear that, but this is exactly what we need to be doing. Now, let me tell you what's, so this apparition in Japan, uh, this is fairly recent. This was in June. So uh, June of 1973, what would that make this? Uh, 49 years ago, maybe? I think, yeah, 49 years ago. Uh, so fairly recent in terms of, you know, it's a 2,000-year-old church. But listen to what the, the final apparition had to say. And it's, a, and it's a bit daunting, but bear with me. This is October 13th of 1973. Uh, my dear daughter, listen well to what I have to say to you. You will inform your superior. As I told you, if men do not repent and better themselves, the Father will inflict a terrible punishment on all humanity. It will be a punishment greater than the deluge, such as one will never uh, see, have never seen before. Fire will fall from the sky and will wipe out a great part of humanity, the good as well as the bad, sparing neither priests, nor faithful. The survivors will find themselves so desolate that they will envy the dead. The only arms which will remain for you will be the rosary and the sign left by my son. Each day recite the prayers of the rosary. With the rosary, pray for the Pope, the bishops, and the priests. The work of the devil will infiltrate even into the church in such a way that one will see cardinals opposing cardinals, bishops against bishops. The priests who venerate me will be scorned and opposed by their confreres. Churches and altars will be sacked. The church will be full of those who accept compromises, and the demon will press many priests and consecrated souls to leave the service of the Lord. 
The demon will be especially implacable against souls consecrated to God. The thought of the loss of so many souls is the cause of my sadness. If sins increase in number and gravity, they will, there will be no longer pardon for them. With courage, speak to your superior. He will know how to encourage each one of you to pray and to accomplish works of reparation. There's that reparation again. So we can see that sin is increasing because the more people move away from God, the more sin becomes a norm, a normal way of life. Uh, which is all the more reason why we have to be, if you're a person who truly loves God, then you will be praying for his people, you'll be praying for his world, for all of his children. And that's what all the people in the world are. Um, they're his children, they're made in his image and likeness. And so we're going to talk more uh, tomorrow, I'm going to go into this uh, new mission that uh, Daniel O'Connor, who is we went to seminary together. He he went to get a, the, a degree in theology as a layperson. I went uh, at, to get a, a degree in theology to be a priest. And he has started uh, a new movement called the Vigilance. God's will be done. The Vigilance, and hopefully I can get him on. But if not, we'll just talk about what he's he's written. And uh, basically, he's talking about getting back to. <laughs> being godly people who are taking care of others. And this is this is the mission of the church, is to care for all of God's children. You know, the priests, we primarily want to care for the souls first, and, and then and the body, of course, always, but the soul uh, is the most important thing, because that's going to deal with somebody's eternal, where they go for eternity. But it's the whole person has to be cared for. So um, I think when you think about uh, this role of the church, we can always go back to that parable of the Good Samaritan. Who was the Good Samaritan? The one that took care of the beaten man on the side of the road. Uh, and I believe uh, there was a priest who walked by and did nothing. There was a Levite who uh, passed by, did nothing. So who was the one that took care of the uh, the poor man? was the Samaritan, who were, they were considered the outcasts that the Jews didn't want to uh, have anything to do with. So uh, it's, it's what's in the heart that's most important. You have, to, you have to have a heart for God, and if you have a heart for God, you're going to have a heart for his people. All right, so what else can we say before the end of today, this show? Um, I would say... Uh, Reach out to somebody before Friday and see if you can get them to come to Mass, uh, go to confession, uh, and receive the Blessed Sacrament as a reparation to all the injustices, the outrages, and the blasphemies against the Sacred Heart of Jesus. Uh, that would bring uh, a smile to Jesus' face. It would be a uh, healing balm to his Sacred Heart, and that would be so pleasing to him. He loves when we propagate uh, devotion to his sacred heart and his mother's immaculate heart. So that'd be something good to do today. Find somebody you can bring to church on, on Friday to uh, extend this devotion out, and then your name will be inscribed on the sacred heart of Jesus. Well, God bless you all. I pray, pray for my parents. They both have COVID, and uh, 
it's my dad is having more difficulty than my mom, but they both would very much like to have your prayers. I spoke with my mother earlier today, uh, Gladys and Dan Rehill. We commend you into the sacred heart of Jesus, and we ask his precious blood to cover them both. May the blessing of Almighty God come down upon you and remain with you forever, and I bless you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. This is Father Dan, signing off.